Praise the Lord, I'm Bill McMurdo. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 60. I want to start a study today on this astonishing chapter, which has so much to teach us and say to us about the present situation on planet Earth, but also just in general about the purpose of God. So let's look into some things. This is going to be a long study um, involving quite a number of episodes so let's get straight into Isaiah chapter 60. Let's read verse 1. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. There's so much even in that one verse, even in that first word, arise. The word arise in Hebrew is a word that uh, has multiple meanings. And arise here, we've taken it to mean uh, a vertical rising and that there's a validity to that but I want us to, to broaden if you look at Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18 you see that the word the same Hebrew word here is translated establish and it says there that um, thou shalt remember the Lord thy God for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant and it means to stand up to ratify it, to confirm it, to establish it, to to bring it front and centre, to demonstrate its validity and its power and its truth. And when he's saying here, arise, shine, he means, uh, yes, there's that vertical thing, get up off your uh, defeated, lying down, you know, hangdog posture, or get up off your lazy bed, arise, and like we would say in the morning, get out of your bed, but I think there's that meaning as well of present yourself. Uh, stand up. Stand up to who you are. Present yourself. And there's an implication in that meaning in particular. And we will look at the other meaning arise in a minute. But that meaning of come to your a place, come to your appointed place. Come on, get with the program, we would say and shine be who you're meant to be be who you're called to be step into your destiny there's that meaning here when he says arise and we we understand that what he's really saying is grow up mature be the believer you're meant to be be the person of destiny that you're meant to be be the step into the role that god has for you get up and do that that's what that word arise means that's what I believe the Holy Spirit is telling us at this time. That it's time to put away childish things. It's time to put away the things of immaturity. It's time to um, quit whining, complaining, and being a baby Christian and step into who God wants you to be. It's time to get into this book. It's time to get into his word. It's time to spend serious time with him. It's time to be a vessel of fire and glory. It's time to be a conduit of heavenly presence, blessing, glory, to manifest Jesus to your generation. And what better time than now when the world is trying to suppress and lock down the church of Jesus Christ, the ecclesia of God, the governmental assembly that God wants us to be. And that's what this is all about. That's what Isaiah 6 is about. Um, so arise means comes in, come into your place of maturity. Let's just look at a few things like that before we do look at the other meaning of arise. I want us to see something in First John chapter 2. 
And and this is vital for our understanding. It's vital for our study. Um, First John chapter two. Uh, and he he speaks. He's addressing three groups of people here. He's talking to three bunches or three groups or three distinct uh, kinds of uh, people. He says here uh, in uh, verse twelve, "I write unto you, little children, because your names are forgiven you for His name's sake." You see that that's the the childhood, the baby, and childhood stage of being a Christian, a young believer. And it's all about having your sins forgiven. It's all about having new life. It's all about knowing that you're forgiven and that God does love you and, and all of these things. But then he, he goes on to say, I write unto you fathers, because you've known him that is from the beginning. Okay? He says, I write unto you young men, because you've overcome the wicked one. I write unto you little children, because you've known the father. I've written unto you fathers, because you've known him that is from the beginning. I've written unto you young men, because you're strong and the word of God abides in you or abideth in you and you have overcome the wicked one. There are three stages of growth mentioned here and not necessarily in the order that we would put them in. He speaks about childhood, adolescence and maturity. He speaks to children. He speaks to fathers, which is a metaphor for maturity. But he also speaks to adolescents, young men, uh, you know, who are full of um, the the... the life of young warriors that that you know young man strength and you feel that you're invincible you feel that you can go on forever you'll never grow old you don't even understand old age because you're you're a young man and you've got all that juice flowing through your your veins and so these three stages of growth are, are represented by children young men and fathers i'm reading some notes that i've got here from a previous uh, blog that I did, which I, I believe is vital to this. So clearly fathers represent leaders. Maturity is essential for leadership. Novices should not be put into leadership roles because they can be puffed up with pride, the Bible tells us, and they can fall into condemnation of the devil. So leaders are mature. If you want to be a leader, then grow up. And spiritual growth is not the same as physical growth that you you physically have to wait to you. You, you go through those stages of growth. You can become a, a spiritual um, giant and very mature very quickly. Watchman Nee wrote The Spiritual Man, which is an awesome book. Very deep, very mature. And, and he was only saved a few years. I mean, it's astonishing. So spiritual growth is all about two things. Revelation. In other words, you grow into the knowledge of who you are the understanding and revelation of who you are in Christ and what he is in you and through you, you grow uh, that way by revelation because it, it reveals who you really are in your spirit man and that renews your mind and your body comes into line. But also spiritual growth um, comes through, I believe, fervency. If you really got a heart for God and you go after him, you can mature very quickly in the Lord. So those two things, revelation and a, a real desire to go through into a place of maturity. Um, so anyway, in this passage, we see children walking in the knowledge of forgiveness of sins, which is normal for new believers. And young men, youth in other words, young men full of strength and, you know, invincible energy and all that, 
growing in their consciousness of authority over the wicked one. Now that's, your young men are all about the battle, aren't they? They're all about the, the fight and proving, even in the physical realm, you know, that's why a lot of young men like to fight, to prove, you know, the, the, and, and to answer that call within them to be warriors. But fathers know him who's from the beginning. And we're talking here about, he says, arise sign. He's saying, come into the place you're supposed to be. Uh, don't don't spend, and we've all known this, I have, and it's a horrible sight, a terrible sight to behold somebody who's been saved for years and, and they're still very immature spiritually. It's a horrible thing to see. So don't stay in that childhood, baby, childish. Yeah, we're supposed to be childlike in one sense, but we're not supposed to be childish ever. Um, only really new babes in Christ get away with it. After you've been saved a while, you really need to start maturing. And don't even stay in that stage. And that's what I'm going to talk about here today as we look at Isaiah chapter 60. Don't stay in that stage of everything's the battle, okay? Don't live in the battle, live in the victory, okay? Maturity is not sonship, okay? It's not being the young man who can conquer the you know, everything and defeat the wicked one and, you know, can bind every devil from here to, you know, Australia. Maturity is fatherhood. It's not being a strong son. It's being a father. Okay, we're not... Fathers are not supposed to raise sons. They're supposed to raise fathers. Do you understand that, that, that aspect of it? True fathers raise fathers. Okay, not sons. We must mature beyond knowing our sins are forgiven. And also our ability to wage spiritual warfare and overcome a devil. We need to mature beyond that. There's a place beyond it. There, there remains a rest for the people of God. Fathers don't go out to battle. Young men do. Okay? And some people want to stay in the warrior life. Some Christians want to stay in that life. You know, fighting demons, binding strong men, you know, all of that. But there's more to life than conflict. And as you, you, you grow old in the natural, you begin to understand you're out fighting all the time, you know, you're going to end up seriously injured at some stage because you always find someone or, or a group of people who, who can do serious damage to you. But there's more to it than, than just fighting and conflict. There is modelling peace in the home, which, if implemented properly, can radiate into the community. Fathers can raise children who can transform society. Can, they can transform the community they live in, transform the place they work in. Leadership is not about constant warfare. I'm still reading my notes here. It's about building communities in peace. So God's kingdom, remember, is one of peace, not strife. Remember that. Because we read Isaiah 60, you're going to see these things. God's kingdom is, is one of peace. It's not one of strife and constant warring and stress. It's, it's peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. A father will bring peace to the home and to those around him. So fathers know him who is from the beginning. So when he says in Isaiah 60, arise, shine, he's saying... Be a father. Be mature. And when I say father, I don't mean a gender specific. I'm simply, it's a metaphor for maturity. If you want to use the term mother. But be somebody who is who has matured to the place where you're uh, raising others into the same place you're in. Okay? A lot of parents in the natural, and, and sadly in some churches, want to keep their children always under control and keep them children you know 
independency. Well, that's not what a, a true father or mother does. This means that fathers see the big picture and they know the purpose of God for their generation and in general. Sons that are engaged in fighting the wicked ones see only the battle, not the purpose of the battle. What's the purpose of any battle? The true purpose should be peace. So that purpose that, that you fight for in war is peace. And a lot of people in that warrior mode, spiritual warfare, they don't see the end result. They, they, get, they get the buzz from fighting the devil. And their, our job is not to defeat the devil, uh, to fight the devil, and it's not even to defeat the devil, it's to enforce the victory of Jesus, that he's already won over the devil. So when we say arise, shine, we're talking about coming to that place where you know who you are. Maturity is knowing who you are. There remains a rest for the people of God, and that place of rest is full maturity or fatherhood or being a parent, okay? You, you, you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, but you don't have many fathers, Paul says. So in times of war, the nation looks for young men of strength to go out and fight the battles, but the fathers stay at home, and that's so important what we're going to be speaking about. It's not that they haven't the vigour to fight or, or, or the ability to fight, but a father's job is to be in the home. A father's job is to be reigning in the house. He is a source of wisdom, strength and comfort. He is the man of peace. We've got enough warrior energy. We need people who bring peace. Okay? We need more father energy. And that's why Paul said you have not many fathers, because father energy is rare. And that's what, that's what he's saying here when he says, Arise, shine. He's saying, Be who you're meant to be. Don't be the person who's trying to become, okay? Be the person that you are already in your spirit man in Christ. Let that man, that inner man, the hidden man of the heart, let the, the let that person come through. And yeah, you have the warrior in there. Yeah, you'll have, you know, that, that childlikeness in there that, you know, that you relate to the father as Abba. All that's there, of course, because it's, it's there in, in you as an adult. But you don't walk around you know, being a baby. And you don't walk around uh, trying to prove who you are by fight, by lo looking to fight somebody. You know, a lot of Christians, their identity is based on can they demonstrate uh, authority over the devil. I actually heard T.L. Osborne speaking about this. Uh, and it really spoke to me in, in alignment with what we're looking at here. That it's not about you being this kind of macho Christian who can demonstrate uh, the power and authority you have in him. It's just about being who you're supposed to be. And that power and authority is, we all have that. Okay? And you may have, you may have it in a ministry sense in a stronger measure. You may be called to a ministry of deliverance or a ministry that, that demands that, that, that you demonstrate that authority more. But we all have the authority that Jesus has given us over all the power of the enemy. Alright? So, there are thousands of instructors and military captains teaching us how to wage war and be strong. To be to, to be strong believers. But much of that is activity. It's more praying, more studying, more speaking in tongues, more of this, more of that. And there's nothing wrong with that. But time spent sitting with a father is much more precious than time spent listening to teachers or instructors, instructors isn't it? You know, spending time with a real mature believer who just has something about them 
an aura, a presence, to use those terms, but an anointing, uh, that, that the Spirit of God is, is the presence, the manifest or, or felt presence of God is so strong with them. That's far better than someone, you know, giving you the ten principles of this or seven steps of this. Get my latest, you know, book and, you know, I'll, I'll show you how to bind uh, legions of devils, all that stuff. Um, there's a place for all that stuff. Of course there is. You know, I've got books in my library about these matters. But I'd rather spend time with somebody who walks the walk than a lot of people who, who talk the talk or talk the walk. Anyway, uh, true fathers raise fathers, uh, not just obedient sons. You can train a man to be obedient, like the elder brother in the parable of the prodigal son, but all you have there is a resentful son. You, an obedient son, but a resentful hard-hearted son who, who didn't see beyond that sense of duty and obligation the relationship that he could have had with his father uh, and it's all about fatherhood that's what I'm trying to say to you here it's all about maturity so even even the very first word of this Isaiah 60 we're going to look at Isaiah 60 because it's an amazing passage that God is speaking to us at this time but that very first word has just already opened up vistas of truth and revelation. A good father is not looking to raise slave, obedient, dutiful sons, but he's looking to raise mature, capable fathers who demonstrate love and wisdom uh, and, and, and don't rule with a rod of iron, okay? You know, by, by being bossy and controlling. Fathers have a have a big picture of the purpose of God. They know him that's on the beginning. They know what God's all about. They understand the purpose of God. And they also have an understanding of how to bring it about. They know what to pray, how to pray, when to pray. They know when to speak, what to speak, how to uh, plant seeds that other that will grow in other people to to maturity and to mature them. All right, and God's like saying, if you, He says, get to that place and shine, for your light is come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. The Lord said, when you mature, the glory will show up. You may wonder why the glory isn't there, and and maybe this is the the, the reason, is that you still want to strive for the glory. And show God how capable you are, of obeying Him, rather than just I'm going to, I'm going to mature here. And I'm going to be who God's called me to be. And I can only do that by revelation. And I can only do that by receiving from him that revelation. Rather than, well, I'm going to read 20 books a week. So I can be a better Christian. Self-improvement is of the devil. Okay? You don't need to practice self-improvement. You just simply need to let the the Christ in you, the Christian, that God wants you to be, the believer, the the man, the woman in Christ that you're supposed to be in Christ Jesus. You let that come out of you by God revealing to you the truths of who you are in him and, and his purpose and destiny for you individually and as part of uh, an ecclesia or a group of other people, whatever. But God's destiny, we, we used to call it, you know, find out the will of God. The, today it's destiny. 
okay, it's just a work. The point being that we need to walk in who God has called us to be. There's a general thing that there are, there are the in Christ truths, the in him truths of scripture, but there are also specific things that God's called you to do. So, you know, men, mature men, must leave their fathers and mothers and cleave to a woman. And that means a man must be the source in his home, not the dependent. All men must be fathers. And we're not just talking here in the natural, we're talking spiritually. Okay? Rather than you being the one that phones pastor at quarter past ten at night, what does this passage mean, pastor? It's really you be the one that knows. You, you, you know, you, you need not that any man teach you. In other words, you be the source for others and raise up those others to be mature believers. The fivefold ministry is there to bring other people into maturity. Simple as that. So all men must be fathers. Even if a man is single, he's called to be a mature father. Even if you're single in the natural, you can still have sons and daughters. And it tells you that in Isaiah chapter 60. You have sons and daughters. People that you've led to the Lord. People that you um, lead in the Lord. People that you disciple in him. People that you raise up to maturity in him. They're your sons and daughters. People that look to you for spiritual leadership. Be a leader. Lead the nations. That's the motto that we use in Lead the Nations. Be a leader, lead the nations. Be the leader God's called you to be. Every Christian is called to be a leader. It's just about where and and and, and how you do it. Um, and we're not all called to be the same. We're not all called to be apostles or prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. But we're all called to have a, di a, a dimension of all these things within us that we, we pick up from the fivefold, the ascension gifts, that they, they, uh, they plant that in us and some of us will go on to perhaps be one of the fivefold or different things but we all have you know we're not all apostles but we all are meant to be apostolic which means we're all meant to be mature they're all different words really different facets of saying the same thing anyway I'm, I'm liking my my blog stuff here so I'm going to continue because it's saying what I want to get across here just now a mature father only has to sit in his house Fathers don't need to go out and prove themselves. I don't have to prove to my children that I'm a father. Uh, fathers are fathers because because they've already birthed uh, or sired is a better term. It's, it's the, the women that, <laughs> that do the birthing in the natural. But fathers have already um, raised up or, or given life to. You might have, in, to put it in a spiritual context, you might have led someone to the Lord and that person looks to you, you know, to, to be discipled. But a mature father only has to sit in the house. Thieves and destroyers will not seek to enter a home where a seasoned warrior dwells. In other words, where a father who's proved himself, he's in the house. You know, if burglars know there's a man in the house who will do them serious damage, they're not going to go near that house. Okay? Seasoned warriors are those who have moved beyond the phase where they have to prove their prowess in battle they can live in peace because enemies will step warily around them. If you have the reputation of being a, a great man of war, no one's, no one's going to mess with you. You know, if you know that that house at the end of the street um, that, that you want to break into and you're a burglar, there's a guy in there that was in the SES, you're not going near that house while he's in it. And you'd be very, very wary even when he isn't because the, 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 the threat of damage and danger to you as a thief... And do you understand the metaphor I'm saying here is that fathers don't have to prove themselves to go out and 
fast and pray and bind the devil, you know, spend seven hours a day in spiritual warfare. Uh, because they've matured. And you don't have to be a certain age physically to be mature. I've, I know people, known people who are, who are old physically and still babes, still childish, immature believers. But I've known young people who have been very, very um, mature in the faith because they've submitted to the process of revelation and they've been fervent to go after God with all their heart. That, that's, that's, that's all you need. That's all the tools you need. So, maturity takes time in the natural, but in the spirit there is no time. So, spiritual maturity comes through revelation. And by that I mean that maturity is developed in us in this temporal realm by revelation. The more you, it's revealed to you who you are, the more you start to realise, well, that's who I am. So you walk in, you walk in the reality of your consciousness. We, we, I, I preached, I taught in, uh, consciousness just quite recently, that you walk in the consciousness. Uh, you know, that's whatever that consciousness is. If it's uh, soap operas, junk novels, all that stuff, that's what you'll be walking in. But if you're walking in this book and you're walking in the spirit and you're walking in the things of God, then you'll be mature. That's who you'll be. Amen? So, it is revealed to us who we are. Yes, there's a growing into. And yes, time is part of the process. Of course it is. We, we live in a temporal realm, so time does feature. But it's not as big a feature. Because we are eternal. God has put eternity in our hearts. And we are spirit men and women. We, 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 you know, I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. So the tripartite nature of man comes into this. So you can mature very quickly from a time perspective by purposefully and actively spending time with God. And here's the other thing, by spending time with mature fathers. And if you have to go online to do that in, in the sense of you, you have to do it on YouTube or you have to read books uh, or, or, or whatever, because a lot of things... Yeah, I read a man recently said that when he, when he travels and when he travels in ministry, he, he sometimes didn't have people that were at his level of spirituality and maturity. So he would he would talk to himself, read his own stuff, you know, and that's there's a truth to that. So you, you might have to be mentored by somebody who's thousands of miles away. If you can't find somebody local who'll do it, and that's okay. In this day and age, we've got the internet. We've got different things that we can plug into. Books have always been a, a thing, um, and that's why so many uh, leaders are readers. All right. So leadership must be fathering. Armies need captains and majors leading the soldiers in the field. But they also need generals and field marshals back at headquarters. And their role is to be fathers. Okay, Generals and field marshals are normally fathers, aren't they? In the sense of they have that fathering energy, that fatherly presence about them. The good ones, you get Tim Pot, sort of Tim tin pot dictators uh, but but the good generals and, and colonels and field marshals that high, higher level their fathers and their troops and their forces they see as sons and daughters if you understand fathering leadership in the military is a wonderful thing you know generals that won't eat till their troops have eaten that type of thing anyway I'm not really I'm bringing leadership into this because when he says arise shine he's saying be who you're supposed to be Okay, and a lot of people, I, I, I've found this, 
and I need to share this. I find a lot of believers, especially ones that want to continue being immature, the reason why is they're running away from leadership. They don't want to be leaders. They don't want the responsibility. And something in them tells them that being a leader uh, means uh, that, that, that it's going to be tough because, you know, they, they'll suffer. And, and, I, and I've taught this recently in my leadership class in Bible college that, you know, you consider your life forfeit when you want to be an apostle. If you wanted to be an apostle in Bible times, in New Testament times, it's a death sentence. Paul says we're appointed unto death. So being a leader isn't easy. So people shy away from leadership because they understand not just the responsibility and the stress, but that it's, you know, it's, it can be tough. But that's why he's saying arise, shine. Be who you're supposed to be. Take your place and be the man, the woman that God's called you to be. Men must be led by fathers. And that's why Jesus came to reveal the Father to us. Fatherhood must permeate everything, and that means maturity. Okay, The Father, God the Father, must be all in all, the Bible tells us. So the enemy's attack on manhood is because of this. Satan hates man because man is made in the image of the Father, but, but so are ladies too, so you understand. I'm not being talking about gender, I'm talking about, you know, we all recognise maturity when we see it. It's not just gifting, it's not just anointing, it's not just talent or skill or oratory skill or organisational abilities. It's none of these things that really impress us. What impresses us is a man or a woman who is walking in what God has called them to walk in. They know who they are in Christ and they have that resolute firmness, maturity. They're just something about them. Even in the midst of trials, there's something about them. And God is saying, arise and be that person to us today. And Isaiah said, and before we even get into this, Isaiah said, saying we will in future uh, episodes, we need to start from here, to start from this point right now, where we see that maturity is the gateway. The very first word of the chapter is the gateway. Be established, be mature. Come to that place that I've called you to be. Come to be the person that I've called you to be. Rise up and be that. Arise. Uh, and children of God must come through sonship to fatherhood. Many choose, as I said, to stay in sonship. Sonship is the place of being zealous for the things we have learned. Yes, these these young men are zealous. They're, they're zealous, and it's wonderful. But sonship is a phase. And sometimes you find people like that, they're easily discouraged. You know, a few setbacks and all that zeal and fervency goes and they're in the, you know, the, the slough of despond or want to quit or, you know, they've had enough and they get very brittle and offended easy, you know. So don't be like that. Be a, be a father. Be a, a mother. Be a mature believer. Not some, you know... Zeal is wonderful, but zeal has to be, uh, has to have wisdom added to it. It has to have knowledge and understanding because there's a time your zeal can take you into a place where it's, you know, the Bible says zeal for his house can eat you up. You don't want to be eaten up with zeal. You want to channel that zeal to be effective. Okay, and that's, what, that's where wisdom and maturity come in. So anyway, 
um, I, I could read on. Fan, let me just say this to you. Well, let, let, let me just continue what I was saying here. Sonship's a phase. While we're always children and that we came from a father and mother, this isn't an actual. They must leave childish things behind. I don't play with my toys anymore. You know, I don't get and buy toys for myself. Because <laughs> I've left childish things behind. And if we don't do that, we get stuck in a place where our zeal for truth mutates. And you see this in social media. My goodness me, Facebook is just full of this. Zeal for truth mutates into trying to impress others with how good sons we are. Look, I fast three days a week. I do this, I do that. You know, and it's almost like, what do you do? And you get people who try to impress others. Jesus says, how can you believe if you receive honour from each other and not from, from God? In other words, it'll shut down your faith to be immature, to be somebody who needs the val validation of others. If you need the validation of peers, if you're a leader, or leaders, if you're not, if you need their validation, you need to impress them, in other words. If that's the big deal for you, then you've got a problem. And the problem is you need to arise and be who you are, who God's called you to be, and forget all that trying to impress other people. Because the truth is, if, if, if people see that in you, they're not impressed. Okay? And so anyway, we become like the elder brother in that respect. We see others, sorry, we see ourselves as competing with other sons to be the father's go-to son. The elder brother wanted to be the father's number one go-to son. Look what I do. I'm running this place. And here's this halfwit come back from wherever he's been. And you're treating him like he's equal to me. Come on. Look what I'm doing for you, father. Now, you see that? You get that with some people, don't you? In, in the church or, or in, in ministry. Fathers transcend. That's their role. And that's what that word arise is really saying. Transcend it all. Okay, rise above it all. Be bigger. Be be, be higher than that. I, I, I want to... I, I, I did say that we're going to look at that other meaning of arise, but we're, we're, we're running out of time in a sense. Uh, but I do want to look at it. In fact, let me just finish this. It says, a father sees all and loves all. That's a father's job, okay? A father knows all that is going on in his house. He knows him that's from the beginning. He understands what it's all about. Fathers have that wisdom and understanding. Fathers are the heart of the home. That's why everything goes toward and through the father. The home must revolve around the father. Not the mother, the father. The parents, yes, but the father is the head of the house. Biblically speaking, to be an authentic leader, be a father, be mature, and raise up sons to be fathers. Now, then he, uh, uh, this goes on in Isaiah chapter 22, speaking about Eliakim and the father and leadership. He was a father to the nation. Let's just very quickly leave that aspect of maturity. This is maturity, but it's this other meaning of the word arise that I want to look at, the word that we would understand. And I think the word that we interpret when we see arise it means some kind of rising up some kind of vertical rising above and, and there is that truth to it too i want to share with you a couple of books um, that i've been reading i've read this one here before secrets of the ascended life by kelly varner this is an astonishing book that basically teaches us to rise above everything trials tribulations such situations circumstances 
everything in life. Live the ascended life. Live above the trials. Don't, oh, uh, I'm going to live through these things. No, no, live above them. Be like the eagle. Soar above trials. Soar above tribulations. Soar above situations. Right now, with the world the way it is, what a message. Don't engage. Don't spend all your day in social media. Don't spend all your day looking at the news. Don't spend all your day uh, having woes me chats with other uh, Christians, so-called Christians. Yeah, they know the Lord, but they're, they're, they're not living in faith. They're living in fear. They're living like the heathen. Don't, don't do that. Spend time in glory realms with the Lord. Spend time with other believers that are like-minded. And, and if, again, if you have to go online to do that, do that. Rise above and live the ascended life. Now, this other book, and I'm, I'm going to expand on this. I thought I'd get all this done in this message, but but we just get taken away with the maturity thing, which is so important. And these books are really books that are saying, this is only for mature believers. You know, carnal, immature, baby Christians are not going to live the ascended life. So get that book, Kelly Varner's Secrets of the Ascended Life. You'll get it online. But this other book, it's a far newer book, and it's a tremendous book, and really speaks to Isaiah chapter 60. And what I'm picking up from other people uh, that I regard, you know, as quite spiritual, and certainly my own lead in the Lord. It's a book called Moving from Sword to Scepter by Wanda Alga, uh, Alger. And it's just amazing to think uh, that you don't have to that's what we've been talking about isn't it that we're not living the warrior life but you know if you're if your whole focus right now is spiritual warfare then you you're, you've got the wrong focus and the wrong revelation you're you're living in yesterday's manner this is not the time that we, we engage in spiritual warfare this is the time that we move from warfare to reigning and i want to speak about that i think we'll take this up in our next lesson trying to keep these lessons short enough uh, this one's gone on quite a bit but anyway but moving from sword to scepter that's what we need to do to move from a, a warrior mentality where it's all about fighting the devil from being a young man uh, to being a mature father fathers reign don't they fathers rule the roost fathers are the bosses in the house and mature people understand that you get far you get far more done from a place of authority than from a place from the trenches you know the decisions made by field marshals um can change the course of a war but if you're in the trenches fighting you know machine gunning enemies then you'll win wee battles okay and you might take something quite strategic but the big moves are made by the generals and the field marshals and the chiefs of staff and so on and God's saying to you don't be a private anymore don't be uh, in the trenches get up at the tr arise lift yourself out of the trenches and go sit on a throne put your sword down lift up the scepter and understand that as, if you stay in that mode of fighting the devil if you stay in that mode of spiritual warfare, then you won't advance the kingdom 
other other little bit increments at a time. And we, we get so bogged down in it. You see people all the time, you know, they're in spiritual warfare, but it's all, a lot of it's just in their head. It's just imaginary battles with, you know, demons and principalities. We're not supposed to spend our days um, and, you know, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And yes, we have armour for that. And yes, there is that dimension that we're enforcing the rule of Christ and, and, and it is, in a sense, spiritual warfare. But there's a place of reigning. There's a place of using the scepter more than the sword. There's a place of arising up above the battle and having that far bigger picture. And that's what fathers have. They've known him that's from the beginning. The Bible says. Young men are in the battle fighting, binding, you know, showing that they've got authority over the devil. Children are just, you know, I'm, I'm saved, hallelujah, I, my sins are forgiven. But fathers see the big picture. And God is saying at the very beginning of Isaiah chapter 60, arise to the place that you're appointed to be, to your full level of maturity, Christ. Read all those things. Um, I've got stuff there from uh, Kelly Varner. Uh, and I'm going to leave it till the next time. Uh, but he speaks about this uh, secret of the ascended life to rise above the place of strife and battles and stress and enter in a place of rest, entering the place where you're above it all, where you're seated with Christ in heavenly place. Let me just tell you this. There's far more, you know, I'll finish with this. If you're in the battle and you're a soldier and you've got a, a, a gun, rifle, or machine gun even, and you're fighting the enemy on that front, okay, would you rather be doing that or would you rather be sitting in an office, uh, uh, sorry, in a bunker at headquarters where you press a button and rather than kill, you know, five or six of the enemy, you can press a button and take out a whole army by some missile, okay? you do far more damage to the evil one and the kingdom of darkness and the, the armies, if you like, the principalities, the powers, the rulers and the demons and all, all of Satan's horde and hosts. You'll do far more damage to them seated at the right hand of Christ or seated with Christ at the right hand of the Father, seated with him in heavenly places with, with the option to press, you know, the nuclear option. I said, well, I'm going to do this, Lord because you do far more damage in that place of, of great command and authority than you do in the trenches. Okay? So, as, as he's saying to us, get that, arise, come to that place of maturity. And through being seated with him in heavenly places, by living the ascended life and making decrees from the throne, a lot of us, it's all about binding the enemy in front of us. But make decrees that will transform nations, uh, reform society, you know, bring about massive change to culture. You only do that from a position of ruling and reigning with him from the throne room. There's a throne room battle that needs to be fought. That, that, that's all about reigning and ruling and making decrees, being a king rather than just being a private in the army. The Lord bless you folks.
we're going to pick this theme up. We're going to continue in Isaiah chapter 60. We're going to see things that maybe we've never seen before. I'm getting revelation on these things. I'm, I've been preaching Isaiah 60 for a long time. And it's God's message for now. Because it's all about destroying Babylon and walking in kingdom glory and blessing and being the people that God wants us to be. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking here in Britain and I, and I believe this message is very vital for the British church, for saints in Britain and, and in America but across the world. But importantly, I'm looking at, as I've shared in other places, you know, Britain, America, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, being those haven nations. And, and your nation can be too if you, if you follow these principles and get into this. Behaving nations from the Babylonian order. Babylon's coming down. The Bible says so. But in order to see it come down out there, I believe we also need to see it come down in our nations. Babylon is strong in these five haven nations and it has to fall so that they can be haven nations. Anyway, that's a whole uh, going off in another direction. I don't want to do that. I want to call a halt here and say that's the end of our uh, teaching for today. The Lord bless you real strong and mighty and may you be uh, strong in him and the power of his might. Amen. <laughs>